Welcome to the Vibe Show Podcast with your boy Kano the Don, the Vibe King. And today, y'all, as promised, I told y'all, legend, we have a legend in the, <laughs> it's going down. I'm so super excited right now joining us today. Man, I'm talking about actor, comedian, author, voice actor. I mean, it's, this guy wears so many hats we love him in all of the movies that we've ever seen him play in, all of the classics and everything, man. The one and only, the king to me, legendary, Mr. Michael Collier. Good morning, sir. How are you? And hey to all your uh, listeners. How you doing, brother? Doing good. I I, I, I am. This is this has made my entire week, sir. Like, seriously, I, I, am, I am a huge, huge fan of yours. And I really, really appreciate it from me and my team for you taking time out of your super busy schedule to uh, chime in with us for a little while. Thank you, brother. I'm the one honored. Thank you for inviting me, brother. So how's your day going today? Well, going good. Going good right now. Um, no complaints. Nothing to complain about. Nobody really cares anyway. So That's I'm, right. Don't complain. They'll blame it on you, brother. That, it was your fault. Right. 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 <laughs> now, you know, I, I, I've, I've been doing some back research and... I'm talking about the pages seem to never stop with everything, <laughs> all of your accolades. A couple things, I got to go back and actually look for you in these films because I didn't even know that you were even in some of these films. So I, I got to go back and look. <laughs> this is them, look at them. Yeah, this is really, really like amazing and like a huge accomplishment. I mean, you, you're like legendary, man. Like seriously, you have been working for years and years and years and years. And I think that you've made a fashion, major fashion statement in this game too for a lot of cats <laughs> out here. Thank you, brother. Well, you know I'm 114 years old, so I've done everything. <laughs> you know, and I'm still doing it. I still have so much more to do. I'm so excited about all the things in the future that are coming. Like this is going to be... Just a magical, magical year for me for so many different projects are coming to fruition that I've been working on and building over the years. So I'm just really excited and excited about uh, the fans who are so, they are just so supportive. That's what makes it work is that the fans out there just keep following me and saying nice stuff like you doing. <laughs> right. But I mean, if, I know I know you you are actually the person and I don't know if you ever get a moment to actually step outside of yourself to kind of like really look at everything and all of the hard work that you've put in. I mean, it's it it's deserving if if you really look at it. I mean, I'm an outsider looking in, and um, I, I I just I, I it's all deserving. I appreciate it. You know, I don't understand why I can't get a blue check uh, on Instagram. Oh, you I know should be. That I got enough followers. Yeah, you should I be beyond. But you know, you you know, it's like uh, you know, it's like an application, from what I understand, that you got to actually fill out, and then they got to go. Three times. Oh, you did? I applied three times. I even wrote them the last time and said, "Hey, what's the problem? Why can't I get verified? I mean, I don't need nobody's verification. though. you know, I'm verified in these streets. Exactly. Players, you know, but." <laughs> But it 
right thing to have. What did they and, say? Um, what did they say to you? Nothing. They haven't said a word. They haven't even responded. You wow. Know? So my, my fans have been on, on, on Instagram saying, hey, get that brother his blue check, you know, but nothing's come of it yet, so that's why I talk about it in the, in the media so that sooner or later somebody's working over there and say, hey, what's wrong with y'all? Don't y'all know his history, his pedigree, you know? Yeah, that, that's, that's crazy because I've seen some people – that got blue checks, and I'm looking like, how did they even get a blue check? I mean, like, Man, they got 17 fans. Yeah. They, <laughs> they ain't never said. did nothing but perform in their house. Right. And they got a blue check. Man, that is, that is amazing. Mr. Collier, you know, I, I, I actually don't even know where to begin. I, I mean, we don't have to go way back, but I, I would like to give my listeners and all of your uh, loyal fans, um, a little, a little, a little bit of uh, back history on you, like because um, your story is absolutely amazing to me, and um, the things that you've overcome, things that you've actually been through as well, and it's it's so much inspiration and motivation when people actually look at your story and um, look at where you come from and how you've overcame and persevered. I just it it keeps me inspired and it keeps me pushing and I know it inspires a lot more people but I would like to let a lot of the listeners who maybe not be familiar with your history a little bit of history on you. Oh okay, so you want to give it to them or you want me? To? I want you to give us a little bit of it. Oh okay, well you know um I you know I I'm from Chicago. You know I'm from the projects, Robert Taylor home, four three fifty two South State Park, nine oh nine. So I'm from I'm from the show hood on the south side of Chicago. In fact, we lived in a lower ghetto than the projects. When we moved to the projects, we really were moving on up. I mean, we went from the lower ghetto to the upper ghetto. But you know, when you got love in your family, right. and you don't even know you don't even know you broke. You know, me, my four big brothers, my mom and dad, we loved each other. And I mean, I lived in the project where the Blackstone Rangers really got started. I mean, the leader, Jeff Ford, lived on the 14th floor of my building. You know, and it's, we're talking the 60s. But we had love, brother. We didn't we didn't even realize we was broken. I mean, dude, we was broke. I know how to make hot water cornbread out right. of scraps. We used to eat cornmeal mush. You know what cornmeal mush is? Uh, was that, milk and cornbread? No, you're so bullshit. You don't look cornmeal much. You probably had cereal when you grew up. <laughs> I did. No, so, man. Cornmeal much, when you ain't got no money for cereal, you take cornmeal and boil it. And then ah. you put a sprinkling of salt in that. Then you add milk and sugar. And that's poor people's uh, malto meal, brother. Wow. That's how poor we were. We're so poor, my family couldn't even afford to have kids. The lady next door had us. <laughs> so... You know, I come from poverty, but we didn't ma- it didn't matter because, like I said, we had love and we had education. My mother always wanted us to read or she would read to us. So I went from the projects and, and then we moved out to Morgan Park, south side of Chicago. And I started learning uh, how to act in my high school. And I really, really, really wanted to be an actor. You know, more than anything, that was my thing was to be an actor. But, shoot, you'll starve to death trying to be an actor. Bro. Before comedy, you, know, you wanted to be an actor before comedy? Oh, yeah. Well, that's what I am really now, a comedic actor. Right. You know, I'm just I'm just acting comedically. You know, I want to be an actor way before comedy, but I'd always been funny. And then a couple of guys in Chicago, there's a comedy team. They called themselves Straight Up. The name was uh, Byron Chapman and John Tolls Bay. And these two brothers would do comedy on the streets of Chicago. And they were all their routines were different than white guys and black guys. Well, like white white guys getting pulled over, black guys getting pulled over. 
You know, right. like if the police pull up a white guy, white guy drunk as hell. He <laughs> said, you got any ID? Any ID? Yeah, pal, here. And gives him a $20 bill. Right. He said, well, you be careful out there and try not to hit no of those kids. And he said, black guy, that's how the police stop the black guy. Pow, 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 pow. <laughs> or I'll shoot, you know. So right. they would do the difference in white and black situations. And it was so funny. And they was like, Michael, you funny. You should come out and try to do some comedy on the street. And I was like, dude, I'm not coming to the street. I ain't no street puppet. I'm not going to stand out there, man. I'm an actor. Right. And then I went out and watched them one day. Brother, they made so much money. They had a sack of money. They would what? get money and then go to McDonald's and give McDonald's all the change and dollars. And McDonald's would give them back $20 bills. I said, well, I got to try this. You wow. Know? So I went out with them, and they let me go after them. So they would do their performance. Before they end, they say, I got, we got another comic coming. Stick around. So that got me my crowd. And the first day I made $5.75, man, I thought that I was in heaven. So I came back the next day by myself, and I made a dollar and 85 cents. And I thought, oh, this thing, this ain't working out. You know, I need to go do my homework. Right. And they said, no, your homework is in the street. So I came back Friday. I remember it rained. And nobody else did really come out the other street performance because it didn't rain. But it stopped raining. The pavement was kind of damp, but it stopped raining. I came out and I stood in front of a, a great, great store in Chicago that was called Marshall Fields. I stood there. I worked 30 minutes. I made $15. I said, oh, Lord, I think I'm figuring this thing out. Right. So I came back the next day and stood in front of our mall there called Water Tower Place. And I said, if I make $40, this going to be what I'm going to do from now on. Brother, I had a sack of money after I got through. I went up into the Watertown place, went to the California Pizza Kitchen, sat at the table, poured that money out, and counted. I had $84. What? I, oh, Lord, my life has changed. And then I quit everything I was doing then, because at the time, I was going to uh, college at Chicago State University. I was... Um, I had already just, I just got out of the military because I was trying to do my stuff. I was trying to act. Like in high school, I was acting. I did a little acting in a, a company called Free Street Theater there. So I was doing that, and I was waiting tables at the Black Hawk on Wabash, which is a restaurant, and I was raising my son as a single dad. I quit all of that except taking care of my son, and I spent four days a week standing in the street telling jokes and passing my hat, and this was the summer of 85. Wow. I Really good money, but then winter came, brother, and wasn't nobody trying to hit no jokes on State Street in December. Right, so right. So I sold everything that wouldn't fit in my car, and I drove out to California to do it all the time. So I ended up doing Venice Beach. I did nine years on Venice Beach every Saturday and Sunday, five hours a day. I stand out there and tell jokes. I made about six figures a year for nine years, weekends only, just telling jokes and being on Venice. Everybody comes to Venice Beach. All wow. the actors, all the producers. Eddie Murphy came out to my show. Arsenio Hall came out to my show. Uh, Rick James came all the time to my show. Snoop Doggy Dog, Tupac, all of them would come out because I was the king. Of wow. Venice Beach. I had three, four hundred people standing around me in a circle for an hour at a time, and then they couldn't wait to pay me. But, of course, once you get that money, Robin Williams said it best, uh, cocaine comes along. See, cocaine right. is God's way of saying you're making too much damn money. So <laughs> I developed myself a, a cocaine.
cocaine addiction. I became a crack addict. In fact, I did crack for 23 years. And as of what? March 1st, I have eight years of pure sobriety. But Amen. my addiction, I picked up. Thank you. I picked it up out there. You know, but I went on to work. I went on to do comedy shows and sitcoms and films. And, and, you know, and then, but along the way, I realized that everything's about family and God, brother. Once you get family and God down, everything else takes care of itself. Right. And I was able to escape that. And I try to use my life as an example for others because if I can get out after 23 years, then you can get out if you've been in 10 years, six right. years, four years. If I did it, you can do it. And I want to be a shining example to people about that everywhere. And so I've written my one-man play called Michael Collier's Mama. And if you like your mama, you're going to love this play because it talks about re redemption. It talks about recovery. You see me acting out my addiction. You see me sneaking to my house at 3.30 in the morning, trying not to wake up my wife, my heart pumping fast. I'm sweating like R. Kelly in a playground, you know. Right. And so, so you can see me go through and you see me recover and then fall off again. And then, I mean, I remember when I stopped doing crack the first time, I missed it, you know, but I missed it like that bad girlfriend, you know, the one who, who fucked real good. Right. But, uh, but it's crazy. It's crazy. So as soon as y'all get the fuck, you want to out the house. You got to get out of here. Don't you call me no more. Lose my number. That's my thing. And, and got back into recovery again. And now I've made it for eight years. And so I still handle it one day at a time because recovery is about one day at a time. I know this one lady where I go, uh, this older white woman, she had 17 years of recovery, brother, and fell off. You wow. know, and she had to start all over, which is the reason I ain't going to never fall off. Because when you fall off, you lose all your time, brother. You got to go back and start at day one. But I talk about it in the show. The show is dramatic. It's funny. It's inspiring. You know, to watch me, I play 17 characters. I play me and my brothers and my mama and my daddy and a neighborhood drunks and all the different characters. Oh, so you and you actually doing all of the characters yourself. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's just me for two hours, brother. Wow. So wait a minute. So are you traveling around with it? I mean, are, are you? Do you plan on coming to Louisiana, bringing the show here, or? Heck yeah, I'm gonna come to Louisiana. Well, you know, our goal is to do a hundred cities. You know, so I, I did ten shows in Hollywood already. Uh, Angela Bassett came. She said she loved it. Luke Gossett said blew his socks off. Can't wait to see it on Broadway. Robert Townsend said it changed his life. Wow. Lewis made everybody stand up, although I don't think you're supposed to scream out, stand up, <laughs> you know, and they did, and then the National Black Theater Festival picked us up down in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, so we went and did that last season. They said we were one of the best shows, so they're bringing us back in August. Uh, we just did my hometown, where it all started, which is Chicago. We did it at the DuSable Museum of African American History, you know, and now we just got booked to take it to Memphis, so I'll be doing it from in Memphis. Memphis for the Mother's Day weekend, and and I just talked to a promoter who has 20 other cities he want to talk to me about. So my goal is to do 100 cities and to march it to Broadway and get my Tony Award. And we already have people working on bringing it to London and Edinburgh. So wow. yeah, I'm going to tell this story around the world because it is a universal story. Everybody knows somebody who's right. dealing with an addiction, and it don't have to be drugs. Right. It could be a food addiction. It could be a shopping addiction, a sex addiction. Right. Everybody knows somebody who's dealing with an addiction, someone who has to recover, someone who has to come back. This story is about the, com the biggest comeback of all. 
You know, I mean, I am sitting right now in the middle of my dream, brother. You know, you know I what I w- first home. You know what I wanted to ask you. Uh-huh. You know, I, I think what separates you from so many different other people. You you have an approaching spirit, and it's like everything that you do is effortless and organic. And I think that I think that what we see, I think that that's you. I don't think that it it takes too much work as far as when we see you on screen or um, stand up. I don't. I think that it's effortless with you because I think that that who we see, I think that that's you. Yeah. Does it do yeah, do, it do, do you think that um like how much stuff that you do that's just impromptu or how much work that you put in as far as like let's just say like when you do stand up um how much work do you put in as far as writing your material? Well, and I'm not counting all the stuff I steal. Let's see. Um, <laughs> well, hmm. you know, I try to do outline of what it is I want to joke about. You know, and then a lot of it becomes organic from there. You know, I try to, um, to, like, I watch my audience and see what's there. What am I working with? Right. So, like, right now, I'm on Instagram. I don't know. I do ask everybody follow me on Instagram, Michael underscore Collier, C-O-L-Y-A-R. And right now I have a piece up where, did you see the interview with R. Kelly, with uh, Gail King interviewing R. Kelly? Yeah, actually, um, I, I did. I, I watched it and um, I got my my feelings on it, but I did watch well, it. I sir. reenacted it. I, I did a spoof of it. I call it the remake. Oh, really? So I I shot it with me playing Gail and R. Kelly. Come on! Now I'm a ugly bitch. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> broke, nigga, don't you ever put a wig on again? Uh, <laughs> but it's hilarious. If you go on Instagram, it's on it's on there. I had three pieces of it that I put on to let people see snippets of it. Then this Friday, I'm running the whole thing, the whole interview as a full piece on all the social medias I can upload it on. But it's called it's called Gail King R. Kelly Interview Remix. Hilarious. Wow. I'm sitting here watching it, and it just hit me. Is that something funny I should do? You know, right. for a long time, I was doing Trump. I'd have a blonde wig, and I'd get on, and I'd say, I'm Donald Trump, bitch. <laughs> we got you. Now be patient, bear with us. The Vibe Show podcast with special guest Michael Collier. We're experiencing a little technical difficulties here. Mr. Collier, did we lose you? Most important thing to him in that in that thing was McDonald's. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, his life is on the line. He talking about how he loves McDonald's. McDonald's, Gail, it's like, it's like the human McDonald's stands for mother. I love McDonald's. I'm like, nigga, you about to go to jail. Right. And you know what? I wanted to ask you, you know, what you I wanted to ask you like um being that we on the topic, what do you think about the 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 whole situation that's that's going on right now? Well, of course I don't want to do judgment cuz all the facts aren't out. Right. But, 
you know, a lot of times where there's smoke, there's fire. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times people, if, if, if you hear things 15, 20 times, it's sort of because it's probably something there. But I don't want to do it out and out judgment. I do ask the question, where were their parents? Right. These girls. Where were the men in their lives? Right. Where were their brothers, their uncles, their daddies, their granddaddies? Where were they? Because I have a daughter who's 23 named Yulani Rain. And once again, I ask people, go to the Internet and go to Instagram and pull up Yulani for the soul. And you'll see a beautiful, charming young lady who sings. Oh, my God. She's going to be bigger than that girl, her. She is so awesome. She's 23. Wow. I went to hell that I went and found out that R. Kelly or anybody right. had her in the house and I couldn't have her. I couldn't see her right now. Right. I don't know what them other fools are talking about. But I get 20 niggas with guns. I will kill all them niggas. Right. Take all the stereo equipment, the jewelry, and everything else. Now, and, that's just me. And that's I what I'm saying. That's, that's what kind of like, you know, I'm not saying that he, he you know, he hasn't done anything wrong or he has done anything wrong. But, you know, that question, I ask myself the same question because, like, no parent is 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 going to just you know allow their kid to just yeah. go to where they just don't have no connection with him or 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 anything like that so i don't know it, it just the whole thing just seems i don't i don't know they don't pass the smell test right it's I, and, smell fishy so i don't know what all the facts are but my thing is i'm not a politician i'm an artist and as a comedian my job is, is to observe and to report. And my report is supposed to be a funny report right. because I'm a comedian. Right. So what I did when I looked at the situation, I didn't try to do a, a parody saying that he was wrong or any of that. I made a parody making fun of the fact that he's accused of fooling around with little girls. That he's talking about McDonald's. And right. Says, you know, I'm just trying to be giggly funny about it. So if you were talking about my work and how I, how I write. You know, sometimes... I'll write a piece and sometimes I'll steal a piece. You know, someone right. say something like Jesse Smollett. I don't know what's going on with that story. Right. So some of it sound weird. Some of it sound like it could have happened. Right. You know, but my take my take on it is um, you don't go to Kenyan Brothers uh, if you want them to keep a secret. You know what I'm saying? Right. And not for those $3,500. I don't know. No niggas that's going to go to jail for you. Right. $3,500. That, that just don't happen. He should have looked at Michael Cohen, who's supposed to be, you know, the attorney for for uh, Trump, who who say he'll take a bullet for him. They told that motherfucker <laughs> going to jail. That nigga told on everybody he could think of. He told on Jimmy Hoffa. I'm you telling know, you. He told on the Godfather. He told some shit I did when I was in grade school. He told on everybody. <laughs> you know? So, so my thing is, I look at the situation, I just try to make the funny of it. That's all. I'm just a comedian. I ain't trying to do any more than that. I mean, like, when I went to Chicago to do my one-man show, I went to politicians, and I asked the politicians to give me money to buy blocks of tickets for addicts who couldn't afford the tickets so that they could come and see this show and be inspired. Right. And three of the politicians, uh, Senator Napoleon Harris, uh, 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 um, City Councilman um, LaShawn Ford, and, uh, and an older woman, uh, all three of them gave money, you know, to bring these people. And then I had one guy that was running for mayor named Willie Wilson. His camp offered money, which not, wasn't even as much as the other people. He offered money, but he found 
guy running for mayor was giving us money. Come on. So he said, well, we, we can't give you money if they give you money. If you're working with them, you know, then, then we, we, can't really, we can't really help you, you know. Right. Uh, and, and, and we're pulling out. And I said, wait a minute, bro, I'm not doing politics. <laughs> I'm not campaigning for anybody. Right. The politics I'm doing is trying to save lives. I'm trying to turn addicts' lives around. That's what people are giving me money for. So, well, no, we're going to pull out. I said, fool, you already pulled out. Right. When you took that position, you pulled out because it's more about your election than it is about saving these people who are in the street who need our help. So I still have to say, I'm not a politician. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't going around pontificating and, and uh, judging people. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just doing comedy, brother. You know, and I'm trying to do conscious comedy. Comedy will make you think and feel as well as laugh. That's why I talk about my addiction. That's why I joke about racism. You know, that's why I joke about homelessness, AIDS. All of these things I talk about because I want you to know that there's a way out. Right. I want you to know that God digs you because God already created you out of uh, nothingness. And he created you in the name of love. And he created you with perfection. God ain't going around making junk. God created you with designer genes, brother. Right. You are already <laughs> the best of the best. So you ain't got to go around trying to change yourself for nobody. You ain't got to be apologizing to God. Oh, God, please forgive me. God, exactly. Stop at you. Why would God be mad at you? Right. It, you, you, it ain't like you could surprise him if you God. Exactly. Like you possibly do. He already know. Exactly. You know you go do. Right. Before you even came on the planet if he created you. So why you got to be apologizing? Right. You don't have to do none of that. When I say my prayer, my prayers aren't about begging. Oh, please, God, give me this. Please, God. I know God wants me to have what I want to have. That's why they say, watch what you say, because what you say, your word is your wand. What you say is going to happen because people say, well, the universe cursed me or the universe blessed me. The universe don't do either one. The universe responds to your vibration. Mm. So if you're sending out positive stuff, more positivity going to come to you. People who got money, they talk about money and get money mm -hmm. and get more money. Right. The people who are broke. Most of them, that's all the fuck they talk about. Talk to somebody who's broke and see what he's talking about. That's what I'm going to say. Oh, man, I don't have this. I don't have, man, I'm so broke. Yeah, nigga, you broke because you love broke. That's all you talk about. Right. You never talk about. We should every day walk with an attitude of gratitude, brother. If you can talk at all, right. it'd be great. Right. You know how many people can't speak at all? How man. How many can't see the grass and flowers and the sky and water? How many people can't taste? That's what I like most about stopping being an addict. When I stop smoking crack. I can taste food again. Right. Oh, man, it's delicious. Right. Tell me. Tasty. Had no idea. So there's so many things that we are blessed just to be alive. You know how many people, Kevin, weren't even here? Uh, uh, was here yesterday, ain't here today? They gone. I know. Right. They had for tomorrow afternoon. They gone. And we're, and we're still here. If we woke up and took a breath, brother, we our next thing should say should be to say thank you to God. I because know. just every day is another opportunity. It's another chance, brother. Man, so, that is that's deep. Because you know my video. You know I do inspirational videos um, every morning, and um, and 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 that's that that's exactly what I was talking about today. Just tapping into into that. We can't never forget about the essence of the blessings that we do have. Because people be you know be looking at the monetary things or whatever. But man, we blessed just to open our eyes. That's two gifts right there. We starting the day off already with two gifts by opening that's our right. eyes up. That's opportunity. That's right. That's right. And and once you open your eyes, 
then the rest is up to you. Mm-hmm. You could make that day whatever you want it to be. You could make that day spectacular and wonderful and fantastic. Every day I get up, I'm supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Every day. <laughs> and people say to me, oh, man, well, some everybody have a bad day sometimes. Not me, motherfucker. Right. I don't have no bad day. Right. I'm not having them because that's not part of my reality. It's not part of what I'm having. It's right. not what I'm seeing. What you see is what you get. Right. You know? So I, so I can't, I won't be doing any of that. Um, um, you know what I want so, to ask you? I wanted to ask you. Um, I wanted to ask you about the house party three. I, I love you okay. so much in that movie. I really, honestly, don't think that the movie would have been the movie without you in that movie. And I wanted to ask you, like, was that written or was that impromptu? Because I'm talking about Showboat was absolutely just the king in that well, movie. You know, that's why that movie was so good is they allowed us to do both. You know, mm. they 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 uh allowed us to to do what they had written, but at the same token, uh they gave us room to be free with it. Right. A lot of the lines I said was my line. Uh, I knew I it. I so, knew it. So they would say, well this is your situation and here's a line but the thing told you I'm cracking, I came up with that. I knew it. I knew it. You just that good. That's what I'm saying. And I'll be trying to tell people, y'all, you can't sleep on the king. I'm telling you, I knew it. I'm, I just knew it, man. Like, you just, I, the, your whole, you embodied that character. And it was all you. Like, I just knew it. some of that stuff was impromptu, man. I knew it. Wow. Yeah, if you just do that, if you, man, and they just let me, they just let you go. Is going so I was and, and plus them, everybody on the on the show was just wonderful. I mean, kids play are just hilarious and wonderful. And them girls, yeah. You know, see, they were just and all the great comics. Chris, Ru- uh, Chris great, Tucker, Bernie Mac, Bernie Tucker, All Star uh, cast. Oh man, it was crazy. No, it was it was a blessing, and they they blew it by not picking it up and bringing me for the next thing. They went to a fourth one. Without using me, yeah, that didn't make sense. I, I don't understand that. And that fourth one was the worst out of all. Yeah, I, I, honestly, you know? I, I really didn't understand. Like, I really think that they should have stopped at that one. To be honest, if you wasn't going to bring back, like, you know, the all star cast, like you, you know, I just, I just mm-hmm. sometimes you just gotta just let classic be classic. Like, I, I really honestly don't think that they should do a Friday two. You know what I'm saying? I mean, a, a Friday uh three. Like I just Are don't think. Come back and do it again. I don't think that they should. Yeah, because see now, now it's just about the money. Right. See, it's not. It's not about that story. Right. In entertainment, it's really just four words, and and that's what I'm talking about. The arts at all. When if you, I don't care whether you're painting or writing a poem, singing a song, dancing a dance, telling a joke. When it comes down to art, it's about four words. Right. Tell me a story. It's that simple. Right. You got to tell a story in your art, in your dancing, in your singing, in your acting, in your comedy. You got to tell me a story. Now, when you tell me a story, you got me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So they had a good story. You know, the guy who runs, the little gangster who runs the uh, the music. You know, he's a, he a fucking thief. He runs yeah. the music company and he wants to take over everything. Right. Kids play. They just want to get their play on and uh, People want to, they had a story. They had something to follow. But now you get the taste of the money. 
I teach people. If you really want to have something in your life, follow your heart. Yeah. See, when you chase money, you can't, you can't win because money is way faster than you. It's constantly moving money. around. Right. It's constantly moving. You have chasing it. You ain't going to catch money. But if you follow your heart, see, then God is your fly. And, and, and you could have anything and everything. Right. So you've got to follow your heart. And in, the, in that third one, that dude who wrote it, Eric, I can't think of his last name. But that guy, that wrote, Eric Mesa, wrote it. And he wrote a good story, man. You know, yeah. a nice hood story. Yeah. And then he put great comics in. Oh, my God, yes. Yes. And when you do that, you got to win the formula. But when you look at the numbers and say, okay, we made 82 million. Let's go back for eight or five. Right. Then you're missing a point. Right. You're missing a point. Yeah, if you follow your heart, God is your supply, brother. Everything I mean, you ever thought you wanted, every everything your heart desires, will be given to you. Let me so ask you this: God resides is in the center of your heart. And the closer you get to God, the closer you get to joy and success and happiness. Right. Yeah. Let me ask you this, sir. Um, from your from your experience from being in the game for so many years still relevant today still have swag is just at an all-time high still look young look vibrant look you look happy most of all um from from coming in from that era to the space that we're in today how, how do you feel about the entertainment business side of it today You know, than when I was coming up. I mean, there was more purity in the art of it when I was coming up. Now I still, I think it's more driven towards personal gain. What do right. I get for this? Right. You know, how much am I going to get for this? So it's about, you know, let's see what is what is, what is is trending. What is trending? Oh, that's trending? Okay, I'm going to do that, and I'm going to get paid. Right. You know, but when we came up, especially the comics, it was like, hey, man, what can you do that's going to really rock the people, move the people, mean something to the people? And so it's not as much of that, but that's not totally discounted. You know, there's going to always be class acts out there, people who are in the art, for the artistry of it, for doing good work and for giving to their people. I call it the Tupac factor. There's always going to be Tupacs out there. The people who care about their community right. and care about doing their work right. You know, I remember when Tupac was like 17, maybe 16, and this white announcer asked him, well, you, your music is great. What do you expect to do with it? And he said, I don't know about the music. All I know is I'm trying to change the world. I right. just want to change the world. You know, and that is a view that a lot of us just don't espouse to anymore. We ain't about the world. Fuck the world. Fuck them. Pay me. That's, you know, what it gets to. And so you get online and you figure out what's going to pay the most money. And then you dog somebody or do whatever you need to do so you get enough energy and joy so people will pay you and go, oh, wow, he did this. Oh, wow, he did that. But I don't want for a moment to take away from any artist. Hold on a second. Okay. I don't want to take away from any artist because you can't tell people how to do their journey. Right. You can't tell an artist how to go about what he's going to do. So whatever his method is, if that method works for him, who the hell am I? Right. If that method is wrong or you should do it or no, and if my shit is better than yours, I don't live there. You know, I'm down with live and let live. 
Right. You know? So I hope everybody get there. I hope everybody get as much as they can. Right, absolutely. As long as it don't stop me from getting what the fuck I'm trying to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, can, can you do me a huge, huge, huge favor, Mr. Collier, please? Yes, sir. Can you can you tell my mom Linda Coleman hello? She is a major fan of yours. Oh my goodness! Well, yes, and I am a major fan of mothers. You know, so uh, Linda Coleman is your mother. Yes, sir. And she's listening on your phone. You think she's listening on the on the, to the yes, station? Yes, yes, sir. Well, Linda Coleman, I am sending out such love, peace, and vibrant uh, energy to you. I hope that you're going to have. Today, one of the best days you've ever had in your life. I hope that, that you continue to get more healthy and more prosperous and more joyful as the days grow long. And just God bless you real good. Amen. You Amen. know when I come to your city with my play, which is incidentally is called Michael Callier's Mama. That's the name of the show. And, so and that's Michael what I'm saying. Mama, I've mistakenly advertised it as the word mama. It's not mama because it ain't your mama. It ain't her mama. Right. It's, it's mama. mama's. Exactly. It's yes. When are you coming? And, when are please. you coming to, to to are you coming to Baton Rouge, Louisiana? Well, I'm coming. I just don't know how or when because we don't have a hookup yet with the promoter from there. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to find the promoter here. I'm going to hey. find the promoter here. I talked to you. I talked to your wife about that and um I'm still working on that me and my team. I'm going to set that up and 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 try to make that happen as soon as possible soon as possible that's beautiful and that's what i send out to everyone who's listening in every city in america because i gotta hit 100 cities and if in any city anyone knows promoters and sponsors who'd like to bring a show to their town that is about uh failure and recovery failure and success addiction and recovery about family, about God, because everything's about family and God. When right, absolutely. God, everything else has to take care of itself. About knowing that this life is here to be lived and about living it. Someone who wants to play that's going to tantalize them, make them think, but also tickle them. Because I'm telling you, people don't sit back at all and watch my play. The whole time they're leaning forward, they're engaged. Right. It's dramatic and it's funny and it touches their heart. When it's over, people come up to me, the addicts and everybody else, and tell me how it moved their lives. And the mamas come up to me and they be, baby, if you ever want a home-cooked meal, you just call mama. So if you know anybody in any town that wants to bring my players interested, they can go to my uh, my email, comicking123 at AOL.com and drop me a note. And I call them personally. I'll call them and we'll work that thing out because I'm going to do my 100 cities. I'm going to Broadway and I'm getting my Tony Ward for this show. That's already claimed. We claim that. Change lives and save lives. Absolutely. We claim that already. That's already done already. Thank you, it's, it's, it's already done already. You know, another thing that I think that's just, it just says a lot about who you are as a human being on this earth. When you, I, I had no clue that you'd done Star Search, but not only that, the 100K that you won, you gave 50% of that to the homeless. That's yeah, amazing. That's, I've been trying to get that money back ever since. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh, wow but, but, but that is a joke and i've told that joke before and people have written me and said well if you want the money back you shouldn't have gave it in the first place i'm joking it's a joke I'm joking 
giving that money away probably was one of the greatest things I've ever done in, in my entire life, not just in this career, but in my entire life. I give, You see, when you want to have something, you got to learn to give it away. If you give everything to everybody, you will have so much shit, you won't have no place to put it, I swear to God. So I always try to give, give, give. And when I gave that money, I can't tell you how many people have hired me. Right. And they hired me because they said, well, you know, Mr. Kyle, it came down to you and this other comedian. I won't name the other comedian. And we decided to go with you, Mr. Kyle, because we remember that you gave that money to the homeless. You know, I, right. mean, I might have got shit. I have a million dollars worth of gifts and opportunities just because I gave 50000 to the homeless. And that's how God plays it anyway. Right. You give to other people. God gives that back to you in spades, man. He quadruples what you give to others. That's why I'm always trying to give. Yeah, I got a selfish motive. I'm always giving and giving and giving because I know it means I will always get and get. And always get, receive. You know? Exactly. Exactly. And you know what? Don't do it for that reason, though. A lot of people, uh, you have to do it organically. And if, and, yeah. and if you're not doing it from your heart, don't do it at all. Yeah. And I'm a strong exactly. believer in that. I just, exactly. you know, the thing that, that, Let's let's talk about this swag that you got. Let's talk about <laughs> yeah. Let let let's talk about this this these tailored suits and the and 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 the, and the statement that you're making with the with these glasses and and just I mean just your whole swag. Like how do you how do you how do you remain so forever young in spirit and and on the your outer structure? How, how do you how do you maintain that? Um, with with everything that's that's going on, I know you connected to the high power, but like on the inside, like what what it, what keeps you inspired to continue to 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 shine that light and to keep that glow? Well, okay, you did say the first part of it, which is correct. G O D, you know, good old God. If you keep God first, then everything else in your life is going to work out. The second part of it is you got to think about what it is you really want. You know, I like to be relevant. I like to be. You know, I like to be in, in whatever's going on now, so I'm always surrounding myself with young people. Right. I'm always talking to young people. You know, I always have young people working in my camp because I want to know what's going on. What's, you know, in society, I remember coming up in the 60s, the terrible thing was rock. Rock and roll? Right. Oh, my God, rock and roll is for demons. People were going to be And then funk came out, the later 60s. Oh, that's the demon music. I remember when rap came out right. because I was friends with Tupac and Snoop Dogg before they became major stars. Are you serious? And, and, yeah. Can oh, you can you yeah. share a story with us? Can you give us a story from each of those brothers? Well, well, Snoop is still my my great friend. I still see Snoop and talk to Snoop and and um and Tupac used to come out to Venice Beach when I was out there and he would get me to signify. Well, that's the word we use when you talk about each other. Right. To signify with other comics, but he wouldn't do it himself. He wouldn't. He wouldn't get into signifying with you, but that guy was like everybody's little brother. Everybody wow. Loved Tupac. Everybody loved Tupac. Now, them fools might play like they had rivalry with him, but everybody loved him because he was just a sharp, intelligent guy who really cared about his community. When right. everybody else was talking about, well, I, we need to sell this so the white man will bring us in, he was like, damn that. 
you perform for your people. Your people will love you and support you. And, of course, once you're successful in the black community, white folks come for you anyway. You know so that. Everybody want to be black except black people. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Facts. And we only have a struggle with it because we have to actually live that shit. And we know how hard it is with this white oppression. Facts. But he was just a great guy, man. He'd come to the comedy store and hang out. He was just a good dude. You know, Snoop. Look, the last time I smoked a blunt was with Snoop, you know, and, and Snoop smoked me under the goddamn table. Man. He smoked 14 blunts in a row. He wasn't phased. I could barely stand up. And I had just dropped my CD, which was called uh, Michael Callier's Greatest Hits and the Great Unknowns. So it was a comedy CD, which I still sell everywhere. I call it my my uh, bootleg. I bootleg my own shit. So I call it the Dirty Dirty because it's got music on it as well as comedy. So wow. I do like seven jokes. Then I put on a musical artist that no one's heard about. Nice. You know, hopefully somebody buying my albums will hear their music and give them a deal, nice. right? So when I got it made, I took it back to Snoop. Well, actually, we was over at Don Juan's house. Uh, and so it was Don Juan, me, and Snoop. And Snoop took that seating, looked right into the camera, which was being played all over the internet, talked about Michael Kaya and his new CD, hit the blunt and blew the blunt right into the camera. <laughs> that dude is the epitome of cool. It, it's Snoop. And I'll tell you what, he's not fake. He exactly. I'm trying to get him. I'm trying to get him, Mr. Collier, so bad. I'm trying to get him so bad. He don't have no email. I'm trying to get him so bad because I just feel in my heart and in my spirit that that he 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 is just so real. And I know that it'll be an amazing interview. I'm I'm I, I prayed about it, and I'm going to get Snoop eventually on this show. I'm going to get him. Well, yeah, and and you will just keep hold that there. You know, so many people are after him. Wanting him because he's just he's cool with everybody. He is. So you can be white, black, young, or old, and he flows with you. So you know that dude is running a million miles an hour, man. It's so hard to catch him, but that that don't mean you should give up, right? Because he's real. He's he's down to earth. So just send him emails, send him letters, send notes out to him. Get on your internet and do shit. You know, make sure you got a strong. Uh, uh, internet presence right. on Instagram, and when you're on there, just keep saying, you know, the main guest we want on this show is Snoop Doggy, Snoop Doggy, Snoop Doggy Dog. Right. And sooner or later, that word will get to him, and he'll surprise you one day. You're and right. the phone will ring just like when I called you this morning. You're like, who is this? Right. I didn't even think I, that. I, I honestly, I, I didn't. I didn't think that that I was gonna get you. Like. I just was just like, man, like I'm I'm going out there on a limb because my mom was just like, you know, you need to try to reach out to him. I'm like, I'm gonna try, you know, and I prayed about yeah. it, and and it happened. So I already know that it's going to happen. I've already claimed it already. It's just about timing. Yeah, it's just about timing, and it'll work out. Yeah, it'll work out. So what can we come? Um, what 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 else can we we expect? I mean, I know you're you're man, you're doing the mama tour. I got so much coming, but in between telling you what's coming, let me keep on shouting out how to reach me. Now, uh, Instagram, Michael underscore Collier, C-O-L-Y-A-R. My email, comicking123 at AOL.com. My Facebook page is just Michael Collier, and my, my, what's the, my web page is sexy. It's off the chain. I love it's it. The Real, The Real 
michaelcallier.com because if they go to the real michaelcallier.com and open up my webpage the pictures are crazy all the stuff I'm doing. wow it'll the pictures are just amazing you hit the word mama you can hit my calendar it'll tell you where i'm performing you know i have two books out now one on my president barack obama called a funny thing happened on the way to the white house i knocked on the door and a brother answered i've already sold uh 10,000 copies of that and i have a new awesome. poetry book out called Miss Innocent Gold School School and other silly stuff. It's a poetry book for adult children. And I'm about to release in two months my third book, which is called Michael Goes Motivational, where I'm going to be doing motivational speaking from a comedic point of view. But I'm doing comedy all over the world. I'm in a new sitcom with Mike Tyson about Mike Tyson's life called Rolling with the Punches. We just shot the Come on for that, you know. And uh, I'm doing comedy almost... Every weekend I'm somewhere. In fact, next week I'm in South Carolina at the Comedy House in South Carolina. I'll be there the 28th to the 31st, the Comedy House. Uh, matter of fact, if you're anyone hearing this, when will you run this? When will people hear this? Oh, this is actually going up. This is going to be up um, late this afternoon. It's going up. Beautiful. I'm not and playing tonight, with this at all. They hear it tonight? Yes. I'm in Los Angeles yes. at the Savoy. And this Sunday, and I'm in. Um, I'm wait, and Thursday, I'll be at the Comedy Store in Hollywood. And Sunday, I will be at Chocolate Sundays, which is the hottest comedy club in town for black comedians on Sunday night. So Savoy is in the hood, and I do radio. So I did Earthquakes radio show yesterday. I'm doing it again Tuesday. It's called Quakes House, and that's on ninety six on Sirius Radio, Kevin Hart's network. He does his show, uh, Earthquake does his show at 1 in the afternoon, L.A. time, every day. Well, I did it yesterday. I'm doing it again next Tuesday. Oh, my so I'm God. Like Killing I'm it. There. I'm everywhere. And you coming back on this show, too. We need to put that out there, too. You coming back on this show as well. I, yes, I will come back on this show. And when it when it comes to swag, I did want to answer that question because we went past it without the answer. <laughs> like to say, I keep that old guy first. I've always been a dresser. I've always loved clothes, you know. So I, I, that's sort of like my trademark. And sooner or later, I'm going to have my own clothes lab, my own hat. Uh-oh, lab. I'm waiting on that one. Yeah, and I like to keep my own individual style. I ain't trying to dress like other people. I'm trying to dress like Michael motherfucking Kaya. That's, that's right. All. That's you right. Know, I want to keep bringing joy and comedy to the world. I want to keep teaching the world. I ain't trying to hurt nobody. My humor is not to break you down and diminish you. It's just to lift you up and let's have some fun because if we can laugh about a thing, we can get through a thing no matter right. what that thing is. You know, you know what too, man. That 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 smile is your that smile of yours is signature, and it's like <laughs> it's, and it's like sunshine, man. I'm serious, like it's just it really is just a good vibe and good energy. Everything that you embody. Um, I always ask my guests to drop some jewels on anybody that's um, inspiring to be a comic or inspiring to be an entertainer. Could you drop some jewels on all of our listeners, um, new guests, new fans, exist, uh, old fans? Just drop some jewels of, 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 of wisdom on them. Okay, uh, three things. First of all, do the work. You know, it's, it's, and that's not just comedy, that's with anything in life. Do the work. If you really say you want to be a thing, be that thing. Do the work. You 
You know, uh, if you're a comedian, that means you got to get out there and do some comedy. You can't just go out and all your friends keep telling them, you know, I'm funny. I'm a comedian. I'm funny. That don't mean shit. Right. Do the work. Get on stages. Now, I would suggest, new comedians, that you don't start out on comedy stages. I would suggest that you start out uh, at open mic, but not open mic for comedians. Just regular open mic. Right. You know, I mean, every major city in America has open mic night at little bars. Yeah, so yeah. They don't do a lot of business. Like, they might have a Tuesday night, and they're not doing a lot of business on that Tuesday. So they'll open that as an open mic night. Those are when you should go. Go to the open mic night when it's, some chick is playing a flute, you know, somebody's doing spoken words, somebody's <laughs> playing a piano. Right. You'll be the only comedian. So you're going to get better attention as a comedian because you ain't up there competing with the comedian before you. Exactly, right. So get up there and do that. I would say... Take five, get five minutes of stuff you think is funny, you know? I mean, if it makes you laugh, it's going to make other people laugh. And then stand in your mirror and work that five minutes until you really get that down. And that's what you take to your open mic. Now, with those five minutes, you take your telephone. Because every telephone has a recorder. That's right. Record your stuff. So when you get through doing your five minutes, go back and listen. And what you listen for is what worked. Everything they laughed at, you keep. Everything they didn't laugh at, don't ever say that shit no more. Right. So, let's say three minutes they laughed at, you throw away the other two minutes. So the next time you do your open mic, you start with the three minutes they laughed at, and you add two new minutes to that. Mm. And you just keep that process of eliminating and creating until you got five solid minutes that they laugh at everything. Then you do open mic at the comedy club. Wow. Now, once you get in the comedy club, other comedians are going to see you, and some of them will see your potential and like you. And they'll come over and say, man, you should try this club. Hey, man, it's a club over on Sunset to do free comedy, but at least you get a break. you know. And they'll help you along the way. But the thing is, you have to do it. And like I say, rather with comedy, dance, sing, and acting, if you're 500 pounds and want to be a ballerina, you can do it. But you got to do the work. Right. The work is 15 minutes a day, brother. That's it. 15 minutes a day doing anything related to the thing you say you want to do. So if you're 500 pounds and you want to be a ballerina, you might be able to spend 15 minutes a day working out to lose some of that weight that you've been getting. <laughs> right. Or you might spend 15 minutes a day on the Internet watching other oversized women dancing so you can learn some moves. Right. Or you may spend 15 minutes a day reading dance books or 15 minutes a day, a day doing different poses that dancers do when they're doing ballet. If you do 15 minutes a day towards anything within three months, you will have that shit in your hand. Now, she probably ain't going to be dancing with the Bashoi Ballet or the New York Ballet Company, <laughs> but somebody's going to come along and say, girl, I heard you trying to dance. You know what? We're about to start a plus-size dance core. Would you like to join us? Right. Because once you commit to anything, Kevin, Providence takes hold. You know, doors open that you didn't know were there because the universe is clear that's what you want. Remember we said earlier in this conversation, the universe doesn't bless you or curse you. Right. What it does is respond to your vibration. Right. So once you say, this is what I'm going to do, once you claim I am a dancer, the universe opens up and says, this dude is a dancer. Let's give him all the tools he needs to get his dance on. You'll be walking down the street, kick a brown bag, and you'll open that up, and somebody accidentally walk down the street and drop their bag with a brand new pair of ballet shoes. <laughs> right. The universe works, baby. Right. You know? So that's why I would say, if you're going to say you're going to do something, do it. Do 
wholeheartedly, but you got to put in the work. Life is like an empty box. You get out of it what you put into it. You don't put nothing in, you don't get shit out. And if you don't get shit out, don't be complaining about the other people who are dancing their dance of life because they put the motherfucking work in. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Wow. In, in, any shout-outs? You want to get some shout-outs real quick before we oh, get out of here? Yeah, today is my son's birthday. Happy Mr. birthday. Sebastian Collier. He just turned 40 today. He's 40, shouting. Happy birthday, birthday Sebastian. Um, and I, I just got a brand-new great-granddaughter. She came uh, the day before you. Congratulations. Congratulations, Naya. My queen, Miss Kelly. Kelly. Of course. Kelly McCann, who is my woman, who is my everything. I want to send some love out to her. She is and, an uh, angel. She made know, this happen. Thank you so much. Hello, Shout out. For just being here, sticking with us, and keeping hope alive. Absolutely. Mr. Carly, I just want to thank you so much, man. Like, this was a epic interview um i I just (laughs) i'm serious like for me and the vibe team i just want to say thank you so much sir and you have to come back on this show also i i'm going to be in touch with your wife i'm going to reach out to these promoters out here we're going to try to set that up i have to get you in this city seriously oh that's beautiful please do that and um don't forget to send us the links today so we can put that out there. Let everybody know how they can hear this show today. Absolutely. I thank you so much, sir. I appreciate you, and thank you for taking the time. God bless you real good, brother. And I hope that your day is so good. If it got any better, you think it was a setup. <laughs> Absolutely. It's the Vibe Show Podcast with your boy, Kano the Don, the Vibe King, and my special guest, the King, legendary, Michael Carlyar. We out. <laughs>